0: welcome 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 i would like to welcome you to episode 327 of the unpopular podcast this is the man the myth the legend Jalen hunter and here at the unpopular podcast i'm not really asking you to agree with me i'm asking you to hear me out so we have front well we haven't gotten there yet <laughs> we have made it to the mb the end of the nba regular season and we're now in the playing tournament the play-in tournament, which is, of course, the last, what, four teams in each conference, seven to 10, to see who makes it to the playoffs. And I'm going to give my predictions of who I think is going to win the plan. You have the Pelicans going against the Thunder, the Lakers going against the Timberwolves, the Raptors going against the Bulls, and the Heat going against the Hawks. Now, let me preface this by saying, I am doing this Tuesday afternoon. So, there have been games that have 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 already commenced. I think the the Hawks and Heat have, have already happened and, and the Lakers and Timberwolves. But, of course, it's happening before I say anything. So, I'm going to give my prediction. I'm going to talk about each game. And I'm not going to give my prediction on the playoffs just yet, seeing as the playoffs start Saturday. So, I can do it for the Saturday episode. But I'm going to talk about the plan. Let me first actually start with the Timberwolves. And how (laughs) we all know about the Rudy Gobert punch. The Rudy Gobert, Kyle Anderson had war of words. And Kyle Anderson, from what's being reported, has said some things that wasn't the easiest to, to accept. <laughs> the, the And Rudy Gobert, of course, hit him. Or or punched him in the chest or something. Or punched him in the shoulder or something like that. Because of that punch, Rudy Gobert will not be traveling with... Or have, did not travel with the team or is not traveling with the team to play the Lakers in the playing tournament. And on top of that, Jaden McDaniels, who is... The Timberwolves' best on-ball defender, he punches a wall. <laughs> he punches a wall and fractures his his hand, likely out for the season. Won't be playing in the in the in the playing. When I tell you everything that could, let me first let me first address the the punch. What I think people don't understand, some people don't understand. A couple things One thing is Just because you're a veteran Doesn't mean you're automatically a leader Just because you've been in the league for six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years Doesn't automatically make you a leader Now I'm not saying Kyle Anderson's not a leader But what I'm saying is Just because you're a veteran People have to respect you as such People have to respect you, respect you as a leader Some people do not garnish that respect Again, I'm not saying anything about Kyle Anderson. What I'm saying is so if, if you're not respected as a leader or someone doesn't respect you as a leader, you can't talk to anybody any kind of way. And honestly, even if you are – one thing about a leader, and I guess this goes into my next point. One thing about a leader is you have to know how to address people. Not everybody can be talked to the same way. For instance, for example – I play college basketball. I do not respond well to somebody yelling at me. I don't respond. And I'm not saying, well, let me say this. I understand that there is yelling that happens and I get that. But when you're constantly yelling at me, when you're constantly berating me, when you're constantly calling me names or cursing me out, I don't respond well to that. I'm not saying I have to be baby and I have to be coddled but you're don't, don't constantly yell at me. Don't like you can, there's a way that you can get your point across. And there's a, there, and I understand that tempers can flare, but why are you always yelling? You know what I'm saying? Why are you, why are you, I do not respond well to being cursed at all the time. I do not respond well to being yelled at. I know some people, however, like rest in peace, my man Rod, who was one of the captains on the team, one of the best players on our team, he responded to getting yelled at. It just riled him up. Anytime coach would curse at him, anytime coach would yell at him, it just just unlocked something in him. So, and I'm not saying that the way that coach or the way that anybody else spoke was wrong, but people respond differently. There are some people that you can yell at. And, and like I said, my man Rod, again, rest in peace. He did pass away, unfortunately. But my man Rod, you could yell at him and he'll just turn it on and play the best basketball in the world. You yell at me, I'm, I'm upset with you. Kyle Anderson has to understand. And people. And, and I think that's that's one thing that makes. That's one trait that's not really discussed a lot when we talk about being a leader when you in order to be a leader you have to understand how to connect with your team and it's feel it seems like at least in this instance ryan or kyle anderson did not do the best job at communicating with rudy gobert in the way that he needed to be communicated with and also it was rumored well it wasn't rumored we heard the video and we saw the we heard the audio we saw the video the word, the 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 word, the 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 word that Kyle Anderson used to describe Rudy Gobert. You just don't do that, man. At least, at least with men, I'm not. I can't speak for women. But at least from with men, when you call me the B word, when you call a man the B word, that's an instant. Excuse me, like what? Like that is that is one of the biggest signs of disrespect. So it's, it doesn't matter. Hell, you even saw that with Draymond Green and and, uh, and Kevin Durant. When you call a man the B word, that's it. You have to be prepared for whatever comes next. And honestly, I'm kind of like with Shannon Sharp. I'm surprised that Rudy Gobert didn't hit him in the face because, again, that's especially. It doesn't matter who it comes from. That's just the ultimate sign of disrespect. And it also shows you. When you look at the Timberwolves, the fact of they is still a young team, and they don't have many veterans that you can consider leaders. Like their best players are young: Anthony Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, Jaden uh, Jaden McDaniels. They're young. Now, again, you you expected it to be Rudy Gobert, but Rudy Gobert hasn't shown the ability to be a leader. And I guess they're looking for leadership from what. Kyle Anderson, but I mean, that's, that's, that's Kyle Anderson, you know, but with all that being said, I think the biggest blow to the Timberwolves is Jaden McDaniels being out. I'm just going to, I'm just going to say this. I believe that the Lakers are going to now. again, this happened yesterday. So technically I'm giving my prediction or, in, or this happened before I recorded, so I'm giving my prediction. I believe that the Lakers are going to beat Minnesota. Even at full strength, I think the Lakers would have beat Minnesota. I think that LeBron is playing, LeBron and Anthony Davis are playing at a level that we haven't seen them play together at the same time since probably the bubble and a little bit before the bubble, before you know the you know, COVID and everything. I just feel they're firing all cylinders, and on top of that. You know, D'Angelo Russell's playing well. Uh, Jared Vanderbilt's playing well. Rudy Rudy is playing well. Everyone's playing well. That needs to play well for the Lakers. And even if the Minnesota Timberwolves were fully fully healthy, I just don't think they would be able to dethrone the Lakers. Oh, not dethrone. Beat the Lakers right now. But let's talk about Jade McDaniel's for a second. Jaden McDaniels is one of the best on-ball defenders in all of basketball. And you can, anytime he plays against a good player, anytime he plays against a top player like Steph Curry, like LeBron James, like Kevin Durant, any of the top players, they usually have a tough day with Jaden McDaniels. He's a very long player, pause, he, he He's quick on his feet. He's a very good defender. One of the best on-ball defenders in basketball. So the fact that you're losing him, and even the last time that the Lakers played the Timberwolves, Jaden McDaniels was the primary defender for LeBron James. And LeBron James had a tough game, one of his worst games of the season. So I think that on top of the Rudy Gobert incident, on top of Jade, well, on top of the Rudy Gobert incident – Jade McDaniel's being out was probably their biggest detriment, and again, I'm giving my prediction now because it hasn't happened yet. But I think that the Lakers are going to win that game. That's just how. That's just. That's just. I just think that's what's going to happen. And then let's 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 talk about uh, the the Miami Heat and the Atlanta Hawks because there also was. A report that came out, I think, yesterday or two days ago, saying that the Atlanta Hawks have permission, like the the ownership has given the GM and the head coach permission to do whatever it needs to t- to do whatever needs to be done to help the organization. That even includes trading trade young if they have to this offseason. basketball and sports in general is about results it's about what have you done or what have you shown what have what everyone in the league is talented now yes there are people that are more talented than others but that everyone in the league is talented and kind of like i when we talk about damian lillard and his loyalty thing which i get an organization's number one goal An organization's number one goal is to get better. Is to improve year after year after year and put themselves in the best position to a compete for a championship or or be competitive in the lottery and the draft. The Atlanta Hawks, when you look at the Atlanta Hawks, they have not improved since that one year they went to the eastern conference finals and when you look you've seen turmoil with you know the old coach and and trey young i don't know how many years we've heard about john collins wanting to be up out of there it's just you're not seeing improvement from the hawks so because of that and because of, like I said Every team's goal is to get better And the Hawks feel like Just a couple years ago They were in the Eastern Conference Finals So they feel like They should be one of the teams That Can be viable in the East To at least make it to an NBA Finals If you look at the Hawks now There's nowhere close to that So Again Goes back to the Damian Lillard thing The team uh, <laughs> If we're if we're looking at that Damian Lillard, every you know being loyal thing, and if teams were loyal to to players, then there should be no reason why Trey Young, a um, person that was drafted to the Hawks, there should be no reason why Trey Young would be in trade talks. But again, they're saying that Trey Young is even available, and I got, I brought that up because I feel they're going to the, the Hawks are going to lose to the Heat. I think the Heat, Kyle Lauer being back, the Heat have struggled all year with playmaking and they struggled all year with scoring. When your best player is Jimmy Butler, and don't get me wrong, Jimmy Butler is a very good player, but he's not a scorer. He's not a person that can give you 30, 40 a night. He could give it to you on a random night, but he's not a person that can consistently give you 30, 40, or a threat to give you 30 or 40 every night. And you got Bam on the bio who's not really a scorer. He's more of a uh, a defender, he's more of a, a a rim protector. The Heat have struggled all year with scoring. Wow. That's why Tyler Euro has been so important. That's why Caleb Martin has been so important. They have needed scoring from everywhere. And Kyle Lowry has kind of been in and out the lineup with injury now that he's back. I just think the Atlanta Hawks have struggled all year, especially when we talk about defensively and i just with with the heat's ability to play defense and the heat's ability to really control what Trey Young does and and when you can throw big bigger bodies like a like a Jimmy Butler like a like a Kyle Lowry when you can throw them on a on a Trey Young that kind of disrupts the momentum of the Atlanta Hawks so i have i have the heat winning this And it goes into if I have the Heat winning the play in, and of course, I don't know. I don't think the Hawks, well, the Hawks could because then they can go, you know, they can either beat the Raptors or Bulls. But I just, if they don't make this playoffs in general, I think that there's no shot. If they make the two, if they make, if they win, right? If they beat the Atlanta Heat or Atlanta Heat, <laughs> if they beat the Miami Heat and go and play the Celtics, they're losing in four. If they go and play, if they lose to the Heat and then win against the nine and ten matchup and have to play the 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 Bucks, they're losing in in four. So doesn't matter. <laughs> I just I just don't see. The Hawks making noise. I can see the Heat maybe making. Noise. I don't think they're gonna win a series. I don't think they're gonna beat the Celtics. I think it's gonna be a good, a more of a competitive because of the defensive and and the rugged play and the rugged nature of the the Miami Heat. I think they have a better shot of of maybe upsetting a Celtics, even though I wouldn't pick them, or maybe upsetting a a Bucks, even though I wouldn't pick it. But the Hawks, yeah, that's over with. <laughs> I, I think. But either I think they're gonna lose to the Heat. So I have them playing against the winner of the nine ten matchup. So we'll again we'll see how that goes. That's on Friday, I think. So actually I don't have the Heat Let's continue, man. Let's let's talk about the Raptors and Bulls. The Raptors have been on a on a roller coaster all year. When they're at their best, they're a really good team with Fred Van Vliet, with with Pascal Siakam, you have uh Gary Trent Jr. They are a really good team when they're at their best. Sc- Scotty Barnes. The problem is they have such a tough time scoring at times. They the they they've needed Fred VanVleet to take that offensive leap and he hasn't really or he struggled all year especially shooting from the 3. Pascal Siakam has been good, but that's only one player, and he's kind of been inconsistent with the – or he's been on that inconsistent roller coaster with the whole team has been on. So I I don't see – I don't have much faith in them, even though I do think that they're going to beat the Bulls, because here's the thing about the Bulls. The Bulls have been – they've been on an even wilder roller coaster than the, the Raptors. I mean, again – the Bulls, I, I talk about this all the time. The Bulls are in a position that you don't want to be in. They're in, they're in cap hell. Their best players don't really make them that much better. When you look, when you talk about the, when you talk about the pool of the NBA, and they they banked on a lot of things that haven't happened. They banked on Lonzo Ball being there. They banked on Lonzo Ball with with. Uh, Demar Derozan and and Zach Levine and Vucevic they they, they were all going to blend in as well as Alex Caruso, and if you really think about it, that team could have been good, but you start to see the the the, the problems when you know Alex Caruso is pretty much your best defender. Demar Derozan he's he's a ball dominant guard. Zach Levine's a ball dominant guard. Vucevic is a ball dominant center. Neither, none of them play defense. Really, it's just it's just tough. So I just think the Bulls are going to lose. I just think, I mean, the Bulls are under five. They're the only team that's under five hundred in the plan. I just don't. I just don't see them winning. So I have the Heat beating the Hawks. I have the Raptors beating the Bulls. On and I have. If we're talking about the Pelicans and the Timberwolves, or, I'm sorry, Pelicans and the Thunder, I think the Pe- the Pelicans, is a, they're a team that, it's hard to, they're a good team. And I think that they're going to beat the Thunder, but I think it's going to be a good game because the Thunder have the best player. It should have been the, the Pelicans because, of course, with Zion Williamson, but the Thunder have the best player in that game. And that is, of course, Shea Gilgis Alexander. Oh no, they're the, they're, there's two teams. I apologize. The Bulls are under five hundred forty and twenty forty and forty two, and so the Thunder forty and forty two. So I apologize, not just the Bulls in that camp. The Thunder, I feel like they have overachieved this year especially when you when you look at how the year was supposed to go you were supposed to have Chet Holmgren playing alongside Shea Gildress you really didn't know what Jalen Williams was going to be now when you look this this has been one of the most pleasant surprises of the NBA now yes they are still under 500 but they're good enough to make the in. and I think while the Pelicans they they ended the season terribly and i do think momentum is a thing like you lose they 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 went on a mean losing streak at the end of the year even though Brandon Ingram was playing good uh well i'm not going to say mean lose cuz they lost to they they were on a good win streak i think like maybe 5 or 6 games then they lost to golden state then they won a couple more games then they lost to uh the timberwolves i just This team, the Pelicans, their success is predicated on health. And their success is predicated on having their best players. And while Brandon Ingram is really good, while CJ McCollum is really good, their best player is Zion Williamson. And when reports are coming back that he's nowhere close to returning, I think that they're good enough to win this game. Like, I think they're going to win. They're going to beat the Thunder. I just don't know. If they have another one two, or if they have enough to beat the Lakers in the next round, so I have the Raptors going against, um, going against the Hawks, and I have the Pelicans going against the Timberwolves, and boy, I say Lakers. I meant Timberwolves, and with Rudy Gobert probably will come back. Nas Reed not being there and Jaden McDaniels not being there. I think that the Pelicans are going to win. So I, I just I think that the Raptors are going to. Mm, I think the Raptors are going to make it. No. Yeah, the Raptors are going to make it. And they're going to end up playing the Bucks. And I think that the Heat are going to end up playing the the Celtics. In the plan. And before I leave the plan situation, and again, I'm going to give my predictions. I'm going to give my bold predictions. I'm going to talk about the playoffs on Saturday's episode, seeing as though the playoffs start on Saturday. So right now, we're just going to hold it to the plan. So again, I have the Lakers coming out the plan. I have the Pelicans coming out the plan. I have the Raptors coming out and I have the Heat but a team that I want to talk about for a second, which they're not in the playing, but they, they have to kind of be beating themselves up. I understand the understanding and the mantra of you play who you play and you're not scared of anybody. And I'm not saying that this has to be fear. But I have to talk about the Clippers for a second. Teams are smart. Teams hire analytics people to help them make the best decision for their team. Teams hire groups of people to help them see things that they may not see on the surface. And I want to talk about history uh, history for a second and then I'll get back to the present. Now, it's not that far back in history. It's just a couple years ago when the Clippers made it to the Western Conference Finals. Now, yes, the Clippers ultimately lost. I think it was 2019 or 2020. 2020. I believe, or 21, 2021, 2021. The Clippers make it to the Western Conference Finals to go against the Suns. Now, of course, they ultimately lose because Kawhi Leonard didn't play that series. Paul George played pretty well, but, you know. When I say I want to look back into history, I want to remind the Clippers how they got there. They avoid the the last few games of the season... They either could have opted to win and had a better seed, or law lose and had an easier path to the finals, or easier path to the Western Conference Finals. They ended up losing because they knew that it. They didn't. They wanted to go against the the, the Nuggets. They didn't want to have to go against the Golden State Warriors. Didn't want to have to go against. Um, not the Golden State Warriors. I'm sorry. They didn't want to have to go against the top team they 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 opted to go against the nuggets which they ultimately won and then they had to go against the the utah jazz which they ultimately won you see let's bring it back to the present i'm not saying that you're ducking any smoke but you have to be you have to be smart about what you're doing there's a reason why a lot of people are saying that the Golden State Warriors are in the best position right now because they ended up getting 6th instead of getting 5th. Because when you have when you're in the 6th place spot, you have to go against the Kings. Again, might I add you, the Kings have not been to the playoffs since what? 2003, I think. So you're playing against the Kings, and then the next round you're either playing against the Lakers or the Grizzlies, whoever wins that. Meaning you do not have to go, the Golden State Warriors do not have to see either the Nuggets, uh, either, I don't think that, I don't think that, the, <laughs> either the Nuggets or the Suns until the East or Western Conference Finals. Because they had to win out. The Clippers, all the Clippers had to do was lose. All they had to do was lose the last game, and they would be in the sixth spot. And the clip, in the and the Golden State Warriors would be in the fifth spot. But for some reason, I don't know if it was pride or what, they decided to win. So now they have the absolute hardest road to get anywhere. I think on top of all that, on top of all that. Your second best player is out and Paul George. So now your second best player is out going against a team that has not lost when they're fully constructed. And that is the the Phoenix Suns with Kevin Durant, Paul uh, Chris Paul, and Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. So now what you essentially did was you're a team that's limping into the playoffs because you don't have your second best player. Going against a team that, while they have they have little experience playing with each other, the experience that they do have, they have not lost. They're eight and zero. So, you prefer to go against, or you because you decide to win. Now, I'm not saying tank, but what I'm saying is, you have to. You just did it. What two two years ago, which which helped you. Get to the Western Conference finals, so why not do it now? So now instead of think about this, so now you have to go against the number four team which has arguably the best player in the conference in Kevin Durant, then you'll have then the next round if you do win, which I do not think they will, if you do win without Paul George by the way, you have to go against the number one seed in the in the nuggets the number one seed in the nuggets that had that could possibly at that time have the third have a three-time NBA or uh, NBA MVP and firing on all cylinders or if you would have just lost the game because at halftime you could have looked at the game and you said let's see what golden state's doing and golden state beat the they beat the Portland Trailblazers by 56 points. They had an NBA record 55 first quarter points. And you think to yourself, you know, let's go out with, let's go out, let's go out on top. No, because now and and again, I'm going to do my NBA playoff preview and everything on on Saturday. But spoiler alert, I have the Clippers losing to the Suns. And a lot of that is because they're, the Clippers aren't fully healthy. Yes, you have Kawhi Leonard. Yes, you have uh, – what's his name? Um, Russell Westbrook. But you're going to need a Paul George in this series. You don't have him. So it just doesn't make sense. you rather go against the Suns and the Nuggets compared to the Kings that play absolutely no defense and the Grizzlies that don't have Steven Adams. Yeah, I don't think that was a smart decision you've ever made in your life. But hey, and again, we'll talk. I'll talk about the the playoffs and and everything uh, on Saturday. But those, my again, I have the Pelicans, the Lakers, the Raptors, and the Heat making it out of the plan. Let's move forward. The Baltimore Ravens I How do I address this? Um, The Baltimore Ravens find themselves In a position that they found themselves A good number of times now You know, I, I I understand the Ravens. I understand the Ravens. Now, just because I understand the Ravens don't mean that what the Ravens are doing is correct, but I understand the Ravens. The Ravens are doing something that you see teams do a lot. But... <laughs> I'll just say what the what the Ravens are doing is the Ravens are banking on history. Now, yes, it is immediate history, but. They're banking on history. And what is the Ravens history? When you look at both Ravens Super Bowls. They had an incredible defense and a serviceable offense. I mean they won a Super Bowl with Trent Dilford as their quarterback and Joe Flacco. Now, yes, Joe Flacco it had an incredible he had he was he's pretty much the next coming at Eli Manning in the playoffs, but you had Joe Flacco, you had Trent Dilford won you a Super Bowl. Because you had Hall of Fame worthy defense. I mean, you have Ray Lewis, you had Ed Reed, you had Terrell Suggs. Yeah. What the what the what the Ravens have also done and this is more recent is they have overpaid for Wide receivers that are outside of their prime or wide receivers that aren't really that serviceable. The Ravens just signed Odell Beckham to like a one year, $18 million, $18 million uh, contract. I understand when you talk about the name. I mean, we know Odell Beckham Jr. We know him for the catch. He's now a Super Bowl winning Odell Beckham Jr. At his best, he was one of, if not the best wide receiver in the league. And I understand that a lot of his years, he was playing with a a Eli Manning at the end of his career. So, you, We may not have seen the absolute best Odell Beckham Jr., but Odell Beckham Jr. at his height was still Odell Beckham Jr., and he was still one of the best wide receivers in the league. But let's, let's be completely in, and, and I'm going to preface this by saying I am a fan of Odell Beckham Jr. I'm a fan of every player getting what they feel they deserve. Now, yes, a lot of this was because of injury, but that's all, that also is a factor in this statement. Odell Beckham Jr. has not caught over a 1,000 yards since 2019. In fact... He has not played over eight games since 2019. Odell Beckham Jr. is coming off of a ACL tear in the Super Bowl in 2021. Didn't play at all in 2022. And now will be playing for the Ravens. For one year, $18 million. And the thing that I kind of... I don't know for sure, of course, but the thing that I kind of feel is the Ravens didn't need to give him that much money. You saw a report saying that Odell Beckham Jr. gave the Jets an option to match and they were very quick in saying, we can't match that, we're not going to match that. Which then has me thinking... I don't think the Ravens were really bidding on anyone else or bidding against anyone else. So I don't think you needed to give him $18 million. Let's not remember or let's not forget that the Ravens also brought in Deshaun Jackson last year. And while Deshaun Jackson at his best is a very good wide receiver, very formative wide receiver, we know what he did for the, for the Eagles. We have not seen that Deshaun Jackson in years. And I get it, but I think they don't understand the optics. I get you signed Odell Beckham Jr. In hopes to keep Lamar Jackson. I mean, now you have Odell Beckham Jr. You have Rashad Bateman when he comes back, or perfectly healthy, hopefully, to start the season. Of course, you still have Mark Andrews. I get that. And and the Ravens have heard all the talk that they have not been able to give Lamar Jackson a serviceable number one receiver. And at his height, Odell Beckham Jr. is certainly a number one receiver. The, the primitive word in that statement is at his height. Now yes, he did look okay. He did look pretty serviceable for the rate for the Rams. Uh he played he had 27 re- for the entire he played 8 games, 27 receptions, uh 305 yards, five touchdowns. And of course he had a touchdown in Super Bowl But again, you, I feel like they overpaid for a wide receiver that's coming off of an ACL tear. Now, yes, I understand that it was a whole year, but we have not seen a perfectly healthy Odell Beckham Jr. since what 2018, when he played 16 games, and that's the that's also the last time he had a thousand yards. Now, I understand with with the with the Cleveland Browns and. Baker Mayfield isn't the best quarterback. I get that. But all we can go off is what we've seen. But and this, is, this is another reason why, I, and I'm not going to stay on this for long because I have people in my comments saying I'm a I'm a Lamar Jackson stand. That's not the case at all. I'm not even a Ravens fan. <laughs> but this is why the optics, in my opinion, are so bad. For and it's not it's not I, I don't think the Ravens understand this that well. In this in this offseason, we have witnessed the Ravens overpay not one, but two players. Now don't get me wrong, Roquan Smith is really good. Roquan Smith is a great addition. He's good, and I think that he's one of the best offensive players in the league. I get that. But I do also think that they overpaid for him. Now, I also understand that a player that good, you may have to overpay if you don't want to lose him. I get it. I get it. I get it. So I'm not here saying that they're wrong for overpaying for Roquan Smith. What I'm saying is, Lamar Jackson has sat sat there and watched two players get overpaid And you're over here complaining about what I'm asking for. Now, yes, I understand. Lamar Jackson is probably asking for a lot more money. Uh, Actually, no, probably. Lamar Jackson is asking for more money than both Odell Beckham Jr. and Roquan Smith. I get that. But again, the optics don't look good at all. Where is this money that you're, (laughs) where is this money coming from that you told me that you didn't have for me? But you have for Odell Beckham Jr. and for Roquan Smith. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm sure Lamar Jackson, if he does play, it will be happy to have Odell Beckham Jr. Would be happy to have Roquan Smith on the defensive side of the ball. You still don't know what's going to happen with Marcus Peters. He may not return. You still don't know what's going to happen with uh, Marlon Humphreys. He may not return. There's a, there's a bunch of players on the defensive side of the ball that may or may not return. But one thing that I do know is it don't matter if you have the 2000 Hall of Fame worthy Ravens defense. If you don't have Lamar Jackson on this team, you're no. Tyler Huntley ain't doing it for you. He's a cool player. So, again, the optics are horrible, man, and, I, and I'm happy for Odell Beckham Jr. I think that it's a good get. I think if Odell Jr. can stay healthy and is healthy, he is a serviceable wide receiver, and I think that he may possibly still have the juice to be a number one receiver. All I'm saying is when you have an ACL tear, that is tough to come back from. And I hear people talking about Clay Thompson. They said, "Look at Clay. Clay came back. Clay had two devastating leg injuries, and Odell Beckham Jr. has had multiple leg injuries. I think he's he's tore his ACL multiple times. In my opinion, actually, in my opinion, I believe he's torn his ACL multiple times." They said, "Look at Clay. He's having the best season of his career, or one of the best seasons of his career. Yeah, offensively." But one thing that I know about ACLs one thing I know about leg injuries is it's going to take something from you. And while Clay – shouts out to Clay. He did just finish with three uh, – he's the third player in NBA history to finish the season with th- – a regular season with 300 uh, three-pointers. 300 three three he's joining Steph Curry and James Harden. And the Golden State Warriors became the first team, I believe, in NBA history to have three guards – that that averaged 20 plus points however when you look at clay thompson while yes offensively he's having one of the best seasons he's had in his career defensively he is not the clay thompson of old he's not the clay thompson where you can put him on your best wing player and he's locked up for the game that's just not the case well, I love Klay Thompson, and Klay Thompson is has been really good this year. There has he has lost something, and I say all that to say, don't ex- Odell Beckham Jr. is going to lose something. I'm not saying he still can't be an incredible wide receiver. I'm not saying that he still can't be a number one receiver. What I'm saying is we're not going to see 2000. What's the last time? 2016, actually. When did he have? 2015 Odell Beckham Jr. ain't coming back no time soon. That's almost 10 years ago. And the Ravens, again, I get the optics, and I think it's good. I think that they getting Odell Beckham Jr. was good. But you did overpay for him. I think keeping Ro- Roquan Smith was great. And I think it, it was important to get both Odell Beckham Jr. and Roquan Smith but I think that you overpaid for both. And you have a quarterback that is watching that thing. you overpay for two players, but you can't find the money to give to me? Wild. That's just, you know? I'm not, And I'm interested to see what this season is going to look like. I don't – I've come on record that I don't think that – I don't think that – Um Lamar Jackson will play again for the Ravens if he does not have a contract. And what it's looking like is he ain't going to have one for a good minute. So I'm interested to see what's going to happen. Also, and, and moving forward, I also want to say shout out to all the women that got drafted in the WNBA final or WNBA draft. You're, you're seeing a, a talent flux of, of players in, the WM, or in college, going to the WNBA. The WNBA, women, and I said this when we talked about the Final Four and, and the Women's Championship and how the viewership has gone up and how the attendance have gone up. You're starting to see an influx, and you're starting to see better players coming from college to the pros. Now, that's no disrespect to... You know the pros that we already do have, and and how we have some greats. Of course, Brianna Stewart's a great player. She's in the league. Asia Wilson, Kelsey Plum, uh, Elena Deladon. I'm not talking about you know some of the top tier players, but what I am saying is there are more players coming into the league that can find themselves being in that top tier class faster than maybe. Uh, An Asia Wilson was or maybe Well, Brianna Stewart and Asia Wilson were kind of good From Jump Street, but You know what I'm saying? Like Aaliyah Boston going number one She can, she has the ability to be one of the Best players in in the WNBA From day one Diamond Miller from day one Maddie Segrist from day one Haley Jones going going Sixth sixth to Stanford Could be one of the best players Zia Cook, you know what I'm saying? It's what I'm saying is you're starting to see the the, the women's game is starting to improve. Actually, ain't no starting. The women's game has been improving for years now. And now when you look, again, Aaliyah Boston has the ability to be on the level that maybe an Asia Wilson is from day one. Maybe not offensively, but there's a reason why she was, what, a 3 times SEC defensive player of the year? I think a two-time SEC Player of the Year, national champion, Diamond Miller was one of the best Maryland women's Maryland products they've ever had, and she went second to uh, Minnesota. Hell, South Carolina had five players get drafted, five. And y'all tell, and they talk about I was I was overhyping Don Staley. Five players, what? I'm not gonna say them all, but I know Aaliyah Boston, uh, Bree Bree uh, Bree Beal, Zay Cook. They they had some players. Victoria Saxton. There was one more player because I'm actually gonna say all of them. Um, oh, La Letitia. I'm here. I know I butchered your name. I apologize. The league is in the league is in good and and just to think just think, next year. Kalen Clark will be going into the league. Possibly, uh, possibly Paige Beckers, Angel Reese, possibly Az Fudd. You know what I mean? Like, the the league the, the game is getting. The game has been improving, and the the skill level of the women have been improving year after year after year. Now I'm not here disrespecting, you know, the, the Diana Taurasi's. I'm not di- disrespecting the Sue Birds, again, Breonna Stewart, Asia Wilson, Elena Deladon, the uh, Simone Augusta. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not disrespecting them. I'm not trying to. What I'm saying is, collectively as a whole, the league has been improving year after year, and I just feel I just I just feel it's it's the the product is getting better because of the because of how good they've been again the best player in college basketball or the best player in co- women's college basketball is still there the Steph Curry of, of college basketball is still there and and she will be coming to the league More than likely next year. Angel Reese, the one that just won a national championship, is coming next year. So I'm I'm excited, man. Shouts out to all the women that got drafted in the WNBA uh, draft. Shouts out to you guys. I think that it's going to be an incredible class. I think that this is an incredible class. Again, when you have Aaliyah Boston, Diamond Miller, uh, Maddie Segrist, Haley Jones, uh, Jordan Hosh... Horston Zia, Zia Cook or Zia, Zia Cook I'm sorry that it's just it's you you have this is a good draft this was a great draft Alexis Morris goes to Connecticut Sun again Bree Bell Bree Beal goes to South Carolina shouts out shouts out to the women man i'm i'm excited to see maryland had two draft picks i'm in the first round actually i'm excited to see uh i'm excited to see what the league has or how the league is going to continue to improve so let's move forward i also want to shout out because i'm not going to stay on here long i want to shout out the boston bruins I've said all year, and all year they have been on an historic run, and they pretty much did it. Uh, the Bruins, set an NHL record with sixty three wins for a season, and again, as I'm shooting, as I'm recording this, they still have two games to go. They have a game against the Capitals, which I believe they're going to win, and they have a game against the Canadians um, or Montreal. The Bruins. This Bruins season has been one for the record books. Again, they have the most seasons. They have an NHL 63 wins. NHL record 63 wins. And it's just it's fitting that David Pasternak uh, helped secure that with a hat trick over, over Philly on Sunday. And David Pasternak has been one of the best players and one of their most important players all season. Again, it really comes down to what's going to happen in the regular in the postseason. They won the President's Cup. They have a record, they have the 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 wins record. It's just how are they going to fare in the playoffs? And one thing that I do know about the playoffs and the the winners of the President's Cup, it doesn't really bode well. That's why a lot of people are skeptical about Boston, because if you look on paper, they are the they're the best team by far. They're the most. They're the perfect team. They do not have a hole. However, as we know about any sport, the postseason is different. It's called, it's all about matchups. It's all about who's hot, who's not, who's injured, who's not, who's perfectly healthy. And again, for some reason people some people call it the president's cup curse. When you win the president's cup, a lot of times you don't win it all. So, I'm not going to I'm not here saying that they aren't going to win it all. What I'm saying is they are clearly the best team in in hockey, clearly by far and I would be surprised if they don't win it all, especially with the regular season that they've had. Again, shouts out to the Bruins for setting the NHL record with sixty-three wins this season. And they still had two more to go. So and again, this is there's one tonight, but I'm recording before. So it could get all the way up to sixty five wins. And I uh, and David Pastor. David Pasternak notched his 60th goal to win, or the the same day that the they made history. So shouts out to them, man. I also want to shout out Israel Adesanya um, for, of course, beating Alex Pereira in UFC. Was it see UFC 287? He he knocked that dude out. It was actually a good fight too, Alex. It was pretty even until Israel Zanetti. Again, the thing that's the thing about boxing man, or fighting in general you you never know you you never know. It's it's you have one moment can dictate the entire fight. And again, shouts out to Israel zani for knocking out uh, Alex Pereira. I think that it was a really good match, and a lot of people are talking about Israel Zanetti's taunting uh or taunting after the fight look here and this i say this all the time i've said this for a while now if you do not want me to talk talk if you don't want me to taunt if you if you don't want me to say anything don't let me win i mean don't let me win they they that's i said that i think that this really started back in 2015 with cam newton when he would celebrate all the time after every touchdown, doing the Superman, doing the dance, giving the ball to a, a, a Panthers fan. And people were upset about his taunting and about his his exuberance for scoring. Israel Zanya, he did the whole bow and arrow thing with uh, Alex Pereira on the ground, knocked out. Of course, we know about Alex Pereira's son taunted Israel Zanya when he was knocked out, and Israel Zanya then pointed at his son and did the same thing. And people have a problem with it. Look here, bro. If you do not want me to taunt, don't let me win. Israel Zanya is one of the best UFC pound for pound UFC fighters we've ever seen, and it just proved. And Alex is, Alex Pereira is pretty good too. Now they are rumoring, or it is a rumor, and it could he could move up to. Heavyweight uh, Which is I mean look I know Israel Zanya tried to move up Didn't work too well for him And I'm not You know Do what you do best I'm not here saying what you can and cannot do What I'm saying is Just be careful uh, Alex Prayer. But Alex Prayer is a pretty good fighter And Israel Zanya just it Has continued to establish why he's one of the best Uh, George George uh, Maz, Mazadov he he fought as well, and he lost, and then he retired. Um, I, I, the, people keep calling him one of the greats. I don't understand it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I understand he's been, been in US, UFC for, what, 20 years, something like that. But he lost his last five straight fights. Of course you're going to have to retire, bro. Like, you're not winning anymore, bro. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but that's just what it is. Of course, if you lose five times in a row, you're gonna have to think, all right, bro, maybe I don't got no more. <laughs> so I mean he finished a career thirty-seven thirty-five and seventeen. And he went up against Gilbert Burns, who's twenty-two and five. So, you know. But yeah, shouts out to UFC two two eighty seven. It was pretty good. Again, shouts out to Israel Zanya for beating Alex Pereira uh and reclaiming the middleweight championship. So <sighs> let's let's have a let's have a one on one, Demarcus Cousins. Let's let's have a conversation. I feel that conversation needs to be had DeMarcus. I'm not even gonna talk about what you said On the, on uh, Kevin Garnett's podcast, I I will talk about it for a little bit. DeMarcus Cousins went on Kevin Garnett's podcast and was pretty much talking about the MVP race and why he has a tough time voting for Nikola Jokic, who he played with. He has a tough time voting for Nikola Jokic because if, You put the title on Nikola Jokic as a three-time or three straight, three consecutive MVPs, you're pretty much calling him one of the greatest players of all time and arguably the greatest center of all time. And he, Demarcus Cousins just can't do that. Uh, I guess I get the logic, but just because you win three straight doesn't mean, I mean, nobody's considering, you know, Nicole Jokic is better than Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, better than Will Chamberlain. You know what I mean? Maybe you know, it, Nobody's really saying that. They're just saying that if he does win, it will be his third straight, and he deserves three straight, if he does win. But what I want to talk to DeMarcus Cousins about is perception. And how difficult it is to overcome perception and how once somebody has a perception of you it is very very hard for you to change their perception about that person or for it's, it's hard for you to change their perception about you a report came out that DeMarcus Cousins will be playing now for the Puerto Rican League or for a league in Puerto Rico in hopes to open the door to get back into the league. And I say this all the time. Your talent usually is able to supersede anything that you have going on. Especially when we talk about sports, if you're talented enough, teams will allow a lot more stuff. And again, I'm not saying Demarcus Cousins on the same level as far as off the field or off the court distraction. But I look at Antonio Brown. If you just look at what Antonio Brown did for the Steelers off the field, there there would be there was no way that he would have got a shot and anywhere. There's no way he would have got a shot for the Bucks. no way he would have got a shot for the Raiders, no way he got a shot for the, for the uh, Patriots. The reason why he got a shot is everything he did on the field. There's no, there's no argument that Antonio Brown will go down as one of the greatest wide receivers the league has ever seen. That is that if you're just talking about everything he did on the field, he is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Easy. But everything that he did off the field. Started to supersede or started to cloud his talent. It didn't cloud it enough to not get an opportunity. It clouded it to the point where once his his game starts to decline, it's over with. Nope, we're not dealing with you. And of course we know about the famous walking off the field mid game uh when he was with the Bucks against the Jets. I'm not saying that DeMarcus Cousins is on the same level as Antonio Brown. Do not hear me say that. But what is the truth about DeMarcus Cousins? DeMarcus Cousins has had a tough time dealing or playing on a team. Not saying that he's had a tough time with you know, he's one of the league every single time he plays. He's one of the league leaders in text. And on top of that, he is a ball dominant center. He's not the best defensively. Actually, he's not really good at all defensively. He gets his bread and butter and he's always had his bread and butter offensively. Do I think DeMarcus Cousins is still good enough to play in the league? Yes. When I see Mason Plumley still in the league. Yes, I think DeMarcus Cousins is still good enough to play in the league. Do I think that his perception is that he is a cancer in the locker room? He is a tough player to play with. Yes, and that is why I think he's not in the league. Again, I started this by saying, is once somebody has a perception of you, it is incredibly hard for you to change their mind. So DeMarcus Cousins can be the greatest teammate ever. But no one's going to see that. What they're going to see is it failed when he was on the Kings. What they're going to see is it failed when you played for Golden State. What they're going to see is it failed when you played for the Rockets. What they're going to see is it failed when you played for Denver. It failed everywhere you've gone. Whether it was because of injury, whether it was because of they just they just waived you, whether it was because it just didn't work in the locker room, it has failed everywhere you go. And on top of that, you are still, at least offensively, one of the most talented centers in the league. Cause again, you're telling me that Demarcus Cousins isn't better than Darius Gaff or uh, Gafford from the Wizards? You're telling me that DeMarcus Cousins can't be better than Kavon Looney? And I like Kavon Looney. Kavon Looney is one of the most underrated players in the league. But the perception is you're not going to work. So maybe it is smart that you, DeMarcus Cousins, are playing in the Puerto Rican League. And I hope that you are able to find a way back into the league. Because I do think that he, he was 32 years old. I do think that you're still good enough. To play in the league. But what you're not fighting. You're fighting a a fight that has absolutely nothing to do with on the court. You're fighting a fight of perception. And I'm I'm almost to a point where I'll say it doesn't matter what you do on the court. It matters how you are in the locker room it matters can you be six you should be dominant in Puerto Rico the only way you DeMarcus Cousins will get back in the league is if people feel that you whether or one way or another can coexist on a team and accept the fact that you're not the DeMarcus Cousins that we saw on the Kings and how are you going to be able to deal with that? Until, people fi- until you're able to change your perception or until you're able to change people's perceptions, which, by the way, one thing that is not really talked about is there's sometimes you're not able to change people's perception. There's sometimes that people's perception of you will never change. That's why they say first impressions are always some of the... Some of the most important things because some people will never change their perception off the first impression. You can be the greatest person ever. If you mess up once or twice, some people are not going to change that. DeMarcus Cousins has messed up multiple times. You change your you you do something to change their perception of you, you will be back in the league. I'm I'm and and that's the thing. Again, I go back to Antonio Brown. It, it it's not it's not injuries affect people, and you're not again you're not the Demarcus cousins from sacramento you've been you've had a bunch of lower leg injuries, so the offensive firepower and it kind of goes back to Cam Newton as well the offensive firepower that you had you don't have that much anymore, especially to call yourself the third best center in the league. You're not in the league, brother. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be disrespectful. And I'm not trying to be. I'm just being honest. You're not in the league. So there's no way that you could be the third best center in the league. (sighs) Change people's perceptions about you. And you'll be back in the league. I think Bob Myers said that. So. And lastly, before we go, I did want to shout out... uh, John Ram for winning the Masters. This was this his second win, I believe. Second Masters win, I believe. Um I know Brooks Kepka and Phil Mickelson finished second or tied for second. Tiger Woods was in it. No, actually no, it wasn't Tiger Woods made the cut, but injuries man. Look, injuries really or well, derailed Tiger Woods. He the bro, did you see the video of Tiger Woods? He could barely walk. I get it. I get the competitive nature. Trust me. Hell, I I I know it all too well. I played with bone bruises. I played with 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 sprained ankles. I get it. But I'm also never been to the point where Tiger was where you really have nothing to prove. So I just I I, I kind of got to the point, and I said this with Serena, man. I just I don't think Serena was gonna win a a. Uh, 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 open anymore i don't think tiger was as good enough because of in, because of health <laughs> to win a major a masters anymore but i don't want to take i don't want to take away from john ram Shouts out to john ram for uh ram ram, ram? yeah Shouts out to you for winning the masters well deserved bro and there you have it. That's been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I truly appreciate you guys. Um, if you want a popular podcast shirt, hoodie, sweater, long-sleeve joggers, the link is in the description below. I multiple different colors, multiple different designs. Get your Unpopular Podcast merch today. Also, please subscribe to if you're listening. Please subscribe to if you're watching. It definitely means a lot to me. Uh, go to the social media. Subscribe to the TikTok. Subscribe to the Instagram definitely definitely mean a lot also tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend i can't do it without you guys i see that the podcast especially on youtube is growing uh exponentially and i do appreciate all the support all the help uh i appreciate you guys i truly truly do uh and keep keep supporting if you can and until next time much love